We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jackson looking to throw. He does. He's got it. Touchdown, Ravens. The rookie likely. Touchdown pass number 100 for Lamar Jackson in his young career. 0 for 2 on third down try so far. They're 0 for 3. And a sack by the ageless Justin Houston. Dalton gets sacked. Campbell was in there along with Houston. And Dalton slow to get up. He got hit hard. Fourth down. And no answer for Justin Houston. The thing is, what we have in mind as a defense, it's every man in that room. It's not just one or two guys. It's the whole defense. When you got a bunch of hungry dogs, and they really want it, and they're coming together as one, the sky is the limit. I think that's what we have, and we continue to develop week in and week out. We just got to continue to keep our head down and continue to work. And welcome into our first ever live stream here on, uh, oh my goodness, it is not our first ever, but whatever. I mean, it's late. It's 12, 13 a.m. I just botched the intro like a you-know-what, and we're going to keep moving forward because the Ravens are 6-3 and three overall partner through nine weeks of football. They enter their bye week in good shape atop the AFC North, sole possession of first place. Have the Carolina Panthers looming outside of the bye week. And now probably most importantly, have an opportunity to get right physically over the course of the next week plus. So, hey, welcome into the Ravens Vault podcast. We are simulcasting this on Facebook and on YouTube. And if you're listening to this in audio only version tomorrow morning, thanks for being with us on that as well. What's up, partner? What is up? What is up? We're talking about the six and three Ravens. That's what's up. I'll tell you what else is up. The Ravens stock. <laughs> They're just trending up. Give me those emojis, right? The stock up emoji. What's crazy is like, this was nowhere close. Well, I shouldn't say nowhere close. This was not the best Ravens game. No. Meaning like it was a good game, but they have more in them. They have more in them. To me... Though the story of this game is the defense. Uh, I, I mean, we'll get to this up until the end with the whatever happened with Chuck Clark. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Up until that point, I'm not joking. I had the tweet queued up, Bobby. It was that this was an old school Ravens defense vibe that, that Ray Lewis and Ed Reed could be like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm proud of. 
This is the Ravens defense that we all know. Tell that craziness with Chuck Clark. Um, Roquan Smith jumping right in, looking like he's been around here forever, but, oh, he's only been here for three, four days. Uh, Tyus Bowser returns, not as big of an impact, but did on the very first, I think, the first series. Um, I mean, it was just like that, just like there, it was suffocating. It just seemed like, especially in that first half, that Andy Dalton had, like, nowhere to go. Alvin Kamara had nowhere to go. It was just a suffocating, dominating performance by this defense. Let's just give our vault game ball right now to a guy who is literally sipping and drinking and got his pinky out as people do with the, you know, it's like kind of a classy way to drink wine or something, right? Like Justin Houston is doing all that and more right now. This guy is, has found something and boy, he's just rolling with it. Matter of fact, he's the first Raven in franchise history. And there's, there've been some greats at this, at this, you know, position when it comes to pass rushing, he's the first Raven in franchise history with three straight multi-sack games. He put a, another two and a half down tonight, along with an interception that sort of sealed this thing late partner. And man, what a, what a welcome sight. And it's been contagious too. I mean, gosh, when he wasn't bringing the pressure, he was opening up other opportunities for others to do it. And I just think about one specific sequence. I texted you about it. Calais Campbell just absolutely blindsided mauled. Andy Dalton, and it was all because of what Justin Houston was doing a couple slots over from him. So really impressive performance for number 50, and he is stacking games, as they say, in Baltimore. I feel like I always miss your texts to me during the game. <laughs> I'm so you, you like do. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I, I like see him at the end, and then like the moment has passed. You know, it's like these all caps texts, and I'm like, oh, I, miss, I, I ruined it. I missed the mid. But no, Justin Houston was playing out of his mind playing out of yeah. his mind he now has six and a, talk about stacking games he has six and a half sacks in the last three games that is he's got eight and a half right now which ties for second in the league with wait for it nick bosa and then zardarius smith okay let's not forget let us not forget that the ravens reportedly had a deal with zardarius smith had a deal. He deal. was done. And he backs out. And he goes and signs a three-year, $42 million contract. $42 million. So the Ravens are like, all right, we're good. We're going we're gonna to ju sign Justin Houston for one year, $3.5 million. $42 million, $3.5 million. Getting the same amount of sacks. Now I highly doubt Eric DaCosta foresaw this going down, but it's interesting because Bobby, did you see earlier this week? I think it was, um, oh, who's the film guy? Our boy, our boy, the film guy from NFL. He does oh, all the, he films, does all the and films and he's, I don't know why I'm forgetting oh, his name. More hints, more hints. Oh, uh, he was, ugh, I don't know if he was defensive line or offensive line, but he's, he's retired. Um, remember Baldi. I said, remember I said, Baldi, geez, how do I forget that? I'll tell you how I forget it. Cause it's 12, 18 in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Baldi shows, um, a stat on Twitter earlier this week, stats, I should say of, of sack leaders. And you see the top ones and then you see Justin Houston, Odafe, all this. 
And then, and then Baldy's trying to give the front office some credit being like, Hey, the top, basically three sack getters in this league were drafted by the Ravens or, or, or have names with the Ravens. Cause you had Matt Judon, Zardarius Smith, and then Justin Houston's right there. Judon's and killing so, it in New England oh, this year. Oh, Judon's killing it. He's he's not yeah. only in the lead, but he's up by like several sacks. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. definitely killing yeah. it. Props, props to him. But Judon replies, right? And says, Yeah, but Baltimore won't play them all. But I'm like, or Baltimore doesn't pay them all. And I'm like, but but do you see why? Do you see why? Because yeah. if the Ravens are confident that they can keep restocking yep. at, at outside linebacker then why would they pay, especially top of the, the, the league kind of money? Now, again, that's not to diss on Zardarius or Judon because they're having great games. But I think what I, the point of all this is, is that the Ravens know how to restock. But then this out of here, Justin Houston, I loved his post-game press conference. He said that he almost retired. He said he almost retired, went on vacation with his wife during the summer. They were there for three or four days. He said he turned off his phone, which we all should do more often. Uh, turn off his phone and just started praying and praying and praying. And then he finally felt like he heard a prompting from God to say, Hey, if you give me all of you, I'll give you all your desires. And he's like, I can't even explain to what's happening to me out there on the field. I can't explain it. So he just kind of gives all glory to God and man, good for him finding the fountain of youth at 33. He is just again, out of his mind right now. Yeah, he is. Keep it going. And man, what if, what if, right? What if he did retire? None of this would have been happening. And, you know, one of his one of his mates out there who uh, hasn't quite been around as long as as he has was making his debut as a Raven at the linebacker position, at the Mike linebacker position to be exact, and that is Roquan Smith. Uh, you were spot on about this. You pretty much made it clear from the jump that he would make a seamless transition, <laughs> and I think he he did. He made his presence felt immediately greeting Alvin Kamara at the point of attack smack. I mean, it was a, oh man, that in the first half, that was something else. He's great in space. He, he's got great vision. He's a thumper as Shannon Sharp said last week. And we talked about that on the vault and uh, he is as advertised. He is as advertised. And I don't think he played all snaps, um, which, you know, isn't surprising coming in, but, but yeah, I mean, how does a guy like that not make an impact right away? And, you know, like, obviously we're all happy. Like what we saw, it was those back-to-back plays against Alvin Kamara. It was in the second series. And I was like, all right, I'm already smitten. I'm in love. Like I'm smitten with this football player. Um, I mean, yeah. it's like Gold Lion is saying right here, Roquan Smith is that guy. He is that guy. And pairing him up with Patrick Queen, who was really turning it on. I mean, really turning it on right now. It's just like... Sweet. And and I just, I just love that. But back to those two plays with, with Alvin Kamara, it's just like third and one and you got somebody who can just stop one of the top running backs in the league dead in his tracks on third and one, like, Oh, Oh yeah. Good luck today. Alvin Kamara. I mean, he was right yeah. there. Yeah. You know, right there. So uh, I'm excited. And, and you know, what? it's fun for us on our side. But I also got to think that Roquan's happy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's man. just like he he was he was so not happy with with what was happening with the Bears. Uh we we played it in the preview that he thought it was distasteful the way that they handled things. I don't know all the details to that. 
But to come into a team like this and then to play on defense in this first one, we're really, really, they only gave up six real points. And again, we'll get to Chuck Clark and, and Marcus Peters there. But, uh, you know, I was watching some, some video clips of him after the game, just all smiles, you know, signing autographs, all that kind of stuff. And it's just the perfect marriage. Yeah. He hasn't even been with the organization for a week. So you, you figure how beneficial will, will this stretch be now leading up to the next time they play, which is the 20th. I mean, gosh, it's in terms of learning this defense, how much can you actually learn when you're actually trying to like move to Baltimore, you're in the middle of a move. And I know a lot of people do that for you within the organization and handle all that stuff, logistically speaking, but like at least now we can actually sink his teeth into Mike McDonald's playbook and see how they want to use him and watch tape and feel like he's actually a part of the team, you know, for right. not having to travel too. I mean, you get one less day with, uh, in on the facility too, cause you got to travel to new Orleans and you're staying in hotels and it's just kind of a crazy, crazy turnaround for Roquan. And you would never have known any of that watching him tonight. We'll get back to the defensive side of the football in just a bit. Let's switch over to the offense. Uh, look, Lamar didn't have his top target tonight. We know that. And much like we discussed after the Tampa Bay win, it's almost as if this has been a positive thing. And this is something that Femi and I spoke about in the pregame at length. I thought he shed a lot of light in terms of um, from his perspective. Lamar has been forced to dole the football out. And my goodness, has he taken that to a whole new level? Don't get me wrong. There was nobody who blew you away tonight as the top dog. And after Mark, there is still a big question mark in terms of who's going to be the true number two. We know Devin Duvernay is certainly capable of that, but he had a quiet night. Sometimes he disappears. That said, it was great distribution for me. Yeah, I mean, it's bananas to me that you can lose – Not, I mean, Mark Andrews is not just the top tight end on this team, top tight end in the league, one or two, and he's not number two. Then you you lose your top. I I hate to be a prisoner of the moment with him in the last few years. Like Kelsey is just, I feel like he's a little bit more gifted laterally than Mark is. Did you just hear what I said? I said Mark Andrews was not number two. Let's. uh, That's what it is. That's what it is. He's not number two. Wait, but that that's that's inferring that he's number one, correct? That's exactly what I'm inferring, and you're trying to fight it, and I'm putting I'm putting the the Keep kibosh going. down on that. I'm putting the kibosh down on you. Come on, come on, Bobby. So, Keep going. I didn't mean to interject. Keep going. You made me lose an air an AirPod on that one, Bobby. Come on now. <laughs> Just joking. No, Kelsey's awesome. Um, oh man. Anyway, you're losing your your top tight end, number one or number two, but not number two. You're losing your top two running backs. You've lost your top wide receiver. And this team still puts up 27 points. And you and you feel like the two field goals they settled for definitely could have scored on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, certainly the biggest, uh, his own biggest crit- critic. Uh, he was upset that he missed Demarcus Robinson. He brought it up again in the in the postgame. Twice he missed him. That's right. Twice he missed him. Uh, that one time when he did right after he had missed um, Josh Oliver, I believe, kind of threw it behind him. Now, Lamar was on the run, but, you know, it's yeah. still it's still a throw that's there. 
And he so also missed Lamar- a floater to likely as well, which is a tough feel throw, but he did. Yeah. He's wide open. Yeah. I wouldn't say Lamar was um, his most accurate self tonight. Um, but, and yet, and yet he's not his most accurate. The Ravens put up 27 points. He's missing all the guys that you just did. And it's that we just talked about. And it's because of Lamar that the Ravens can do this. Yes. And it's just like, so when he is more accurate, this is a 30 plus game without his top targets. I mean, it is just bananas to me. He hit 10 different receivers tonight, 10, 10. And that's to you and Femi's point, right? That, that it's without Mark Andrews out there, he's forced to move the ball around. And I had heard on the broadcast them say that uh, they had gotten the feeling, and I'm sure from their interviews with the team, they had gotten the feeling that Mark Andrews could have gone today, but the Ravens decided to play it cautiously and, um, and, and decided to give him this week rest, plus you get the bye week, and then he comes back. So the Ravens were being cautious, fine move. Um, but when he does come back, yeah, let's keep this up where Lamar spreads the ball around, and maybe you don't use 10 targets, but, you know, maybe it's not like, you know, 20 passes to, to, to Mark and then four to divide up against the others. I'm exaggerating. But, but yeah, let's, let's force him to, to keep moving that around. Uh, but, Bobby, can we just talk about a minute? Perhaps, not perhaps, for sure, the most underrated signing, Kenyon Drake. Most un- underrated Raven signing. Yeah. On our live stream right now. Uh, Lou commented on exactly that. And yeah, he has brought balance. He's brought an explosiveness. He's brought experience. I thought his cuts were lethal tonight. He was just carving up the middle part of, of new Orleans defense. And, uh, he finished with just, just shy of a hundred yards on the ground. Not the best average per carry there. 3.9, 24 carries, 93 yards, but two touchdowns a long of 18 and they were timely kind of chunk plays there for the Ravens when they needed them. So yeah, look, while Gus and JK worked their way back and obviously we, we think that that Gus is, is, is minor and you hope that he's back the 20th and, and that he was in the same boat as Mark tonight, being that they just wanted to kind of give him an extra week with, with the buy coming up. Um, Kenyon has proven that, yeah, he he can be a, a nice little placeholder here. And when they're back at full strength at this position, he's vying for a spot to be used in 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 different situational sequences and spots. So yeah, I was encouraged by that. Quiet night for Justice Hill, four carries, just eleven yards. We know he's a valuable special teamer, which he's always going to be involved in. But uh, but to your point, Drake being that guy, especially with with what the reality is right now for this running back room and probably not being at a hundred percent till the winter. It's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the yards per carry weren't a ton. I think the Ravens were struggling a bit to run in that first half. They started in the first half with 56 rushing yards and uh, they had 132 in the second half. So, I mean, they more than doubled in the second half what they did in the first half. And I just felt like Drake kept getting better as the game went on, just kept getting better. And it was, it was so like, there was one, there was one play where he's like slicing and dicing, right? Just junk it, you know, just juking and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, okay, we see you, Drake. And then there were other plays, though, where he'd get he'd be met with contact, and you'd expect this from maybe Gus Edwards or Mike Davis because he's, you know, massive. And, and Drake, it's not like he's the biggest running back. But somehow, I don't know if it was the way he moved his body or if he's just stronger than he appears, but it just felt like even when he was hit, he always found a way to fall forward and get a couple of extra yards or break a little tackle here and there. It was just like, where is this cut? This dude was cut by the Raiders weeks into training camp. And where would the Ravens be right now without him? It's it's absolutely crazy. Just a Seriously. completely unsung signing that no, I don't know that anybody saw this one coming. Yeah, absolutely. Before we switch back over to the defensive side of the football, and we're glad you're with us, by the way, if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the Ravens vault podcast on YouTube. If, uh, if you're interested in listening to this, maybe back tomorrow morning on your commute or throughout the week to refresh you on whatever the heck happened tonight, uh, go ahead and check us out on the audio only version of our podcast, whether that's on Spotify, Google play, Apple stitcher, you name it. But uh, tonight's episode is sponsored by freshly. We're excited to tell you about our partnership with them, whether it's work or school or other activities, your fall routines are in full swing and getting busier. Uh, that's what actually that's when freshly comes into play, making life a little bit easier for both of us. You know, save yourself some time and effort and let freshly take care of your weekly meal prep with satisfying dishes delivered straight to your door. Get started today and you'll get 140 bucks off your first five orders. That's over a month of nutritiously portioned meals, all without the shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup that goes into it. And those of you who follow Sarah and I online, you know, we live super fast paced lifestyles. Sarah's the mother of four. I'm a dog dad. I got a lot going on in life as well. And especially during football season, there's not a ton of time. So Freshly has been a welcome addition to our evenings. They deliver prepared meals right to your door, fresh, not frozen. And you can uh, enjoy it in just three minutes, warming it up. So Freshly's meals are always perfectly portioned, whether you're shopping for one or the whole family. Their pre-cooked meals arrive fresh every week, and there's always something new to try. So consider ordering today. And again, you get 140 bucks off your first five orders at freshly.com slash vault. That's freshly.com slash vault. Appreciate Freshly for the opportunity there. So partner, Marlon Humphrey is a lockdown corner. This guy's having a heck of a season. We forget that he was injured, torn, uh, he tore his pectoral muscle at the end of last year. He rehabbed and you would never have known it the way he's playing this year. He is all over the football field, recorded his first sack tonight in a slot blitz. And that was just one of the many things he did for Mike McDonald. Man, I love his energy love on the energy. field after that sack, just like slapping his own helmet. That was huge. That was a huge play in the red zone. Um, and the I think it was the series just before, or it was the series just before the end of the half. He also had a huge play in that. It wasn't a sack. It was on defense, in coverage, and just played the ball beautifully. Play, and and um, Kadri Ismail during the game, uh, you know, he said that play had reminded him of of Crabtree and Jimmy Smith in the Superdome during the Super Bowl, where there was like some hand hand fighting. Uh, I mean, nobody fell down in this one, but but yeah, I mean, the whole time Humphrey has the ball. He's always looking at the ball. I feel like uh, uh, I can't remember who the who was on offense, the receiver, but he was having to play a little defense because because Marlon was exactly where he was supposed to be. He's just, it could have been Olave. It could have that dude. 
By the way, out of all the rookie wide receivers, and there were many selected in the first round back in April, this dude's having one of the more productive seasons out of all of them. He finished with a team high, six receptions, 71 carries tonight. I thought that you know, Ravens did pretty well on him, but he got some looks. And I think it was a lobby in the end zone. For anybody who's listening right now who knows the specific play that we're talking about and and, and has this down, let us know if we're correct. Yeah, it was. Okay, so it was Chris Alave. But um, I like the no call there. I, I got to give some respect to, to the officials, Sarah. They could have easily, easily th- – Jerome Boger's crew would have thrown one there. Come on. He would have thrown yeah. one. No question about that, right? I mean, it's raining down flags when, when Jerome's yeah. crew is in town. So I'm happy that like the refs weren't a part of this one. And, and hey, Lamar got a roughing the passer penalty tonight. Like everything was just going, everything was just going the Ravens' way. No, but speaking big picture, Mike on the defense, Mike McDonald. I mean, especially after that. Dolphins game you got people including Rex Ryan calling him out Rex Ryan calling him some hot shot you know new defensive coordinator that he's in over his head this and that I mean punt 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 field goal field goal punt interception touchdown end of game I mean he 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 deserves his flowers Mike McDonald does and he just seems to know when to call like the Marlon Humphrey um you know, blitz, the cornerback blitz. He just seems to know when to bring that kind of stuff. Uh, it seems to, to to work out really, really well. So giving him his flowers. And I'll tell you who else really impressed me and talk about stock going up is um, Kyle Hamilton. Yes. It, it seemed like he was on the field a lot today. It felt like he was in the slot, playing the slot quite a bit. Um, I'd like to go, I know it's, who is it? King Moose on Twitter. He always, I don't know how he does it so well. He puts up the snap counts almost in real time. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I want to look into like after the game and look at the, the the film of how Hamilton was used. But I mean, it just felt like he was everywhere and he was a sound tackler. It was like he would take on these one-on-one situations, always seemed to be where he, you know, he was supposed you know, to. He had a, he had a, he had a uh, interception yeah. wiped off. Um, yeah. What, what wiped that off? Well, I'm trying to remember now. Chuck Clark's PI. Chuck Clark. Can we talk about that Chuck now? Chuck got a little bit of a weird game. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a weird game there with the Jawan Johnson run down the sideline. Marcus Peters almost wrapped him up. Somehow he found a way to break free of him. And while doing so, sort of stepped out, but ultimately didn't based on the replay. But regardless of whether or not it's a bang, bang play. So let's assume you're not stepping out of bounds. And instead, even if you did or didn't, let's just push you out of bounds to ensure that you're out of bounds. Chuck didn't do that. And ultimately the guy waltz right by him into the end zone. It was a weird, like lack of effort play. That's totally uncharacteristic of what Chuck has become in the NFL. I was really kind of taken aback by it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, okay, so well, two okay. things. With Marcus Peters, it looked to me on replay that Marcus Peters started to go for the strip. And that's how uh, he wiggled out. Um, and then for Chuck Clark, I mean, John Harbaugh gave him a lot of grace because basically nobody asked him about Chuck Clark, but he kind of said it on his own. He, he said, you know, I feel sorry for Chuck Clark because he said, we've all seen instances where you think a player is in bounds, but he went out of bounds, but you thought he stayed in. So you hit him and then you get penalized with a 15 yard flag. Um, so he said that he thought he was out, so he didn't want to hit him to get flagged. I mean, I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure that it is what it was because you're right, Chuck Clark, it was uncharacteristic. In fact, he's gone from a sixth round, uh, a sixth round draft pick to being an every down safety. And a lot of that is just because of his high effort. So I do buy John Harbaugh's John explanation. Harbaugh's the only problem is, is to me is like play to the whistle. <laughs> you that's know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's my thing is like, uh, maybe he didn't, I, I don't, I don't know. Like they're there. It's not like it's super loud when they're on defense. Cause you know, they're, they're on the road. So the, so the crowd isn't too crazy. Uh, so it just is like play to the whistle, play, play to the whistle. That was, so weird. And then afterwards, I just want to put this out there. So afterwards on TV, we all see that Marcus oh, yeah. Peters is fired up oh. on the sideline. He it looks as if he's mad at his teammates. John Harbour explains afterwards he just was fired up about, you know, him not being called out of out of bounds. Okay. And I love Marcus Peters fire, but not when it's directed at teammates and stuff like that. And again, we aren't down there to hear what we're saying. It it looked like, you know, he's arguing with teammates. Yeah. So, but John Harbaugh explained afterwards that he was just upset about the no call of him being out of bounds. And I will say at the end of it, when John Harbaugh was talking with him, it did seem like at the very end, it ended fine because I couldn't see what John Harbaugh said, but the, he, Marcus Peters was facing the cameras and it looked as if to me, Marcus Peters kind of, you know, patted him on uh, Harbaugh on the sides and said, I got you. And Harms is like, you know, so, you know, so it all ended well and it is a high intensity game and all of that, but I don't know. I like Marcus Peters fires. I just want it directed not to his, to his teammates and coach. That's, it's, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm looking for. 
Couldn't agree more. Uh, I agree with you. It looked like it ended cordially, <laughs> if that's the right word for it. Probably not. Uh, but based on John's body language, I would say, I think that Marcus needs to find a, a balance when it comes to his emotions sometimes. We've now seen multiple sideline uproars. Now the camera, the national cameras know that when yeah. Marcus is fired up about something, you better put cam one, hey, two, camera. three, yep. four, and a backup on him as well, because we got to make sure we get this because it's going to be a viral moment. Well, tonight wasn't exactly a viral moment uh, like it was, you know, a few weeks back, but I think that was the Buffalo game, if I'm not mistaken. But I just, it's it's tough balance, right? Because his fire, to your point, brings the, like, it's this infusion, it's this contagious um, spirit that lets the defense just get to this inner dog mode. But at the same time, I think like tonight you saw that John, I'm, I'm just basing this off of John Harbaugh's body language and this, and this cut that we're talking about here that ESPN got. It just seemed like he was like, yo, yo, I'm trying to coach a game. Like, Get out of my face, you know, like he's just barking. He's just nonstop barking. And so I didn't think he just needs to find a little bit of a balance. He's got this like smirk on his face. Like he's pissed off at the world. It's kind of hilarious. Like he, he's kind of, that's kind of how I like view him at all times. Is he ever not like looking at the camera like this? <laughs> you know, like, is it, is he ever, is he going to sleep like that, Sarah? Like, guys, <laughs> no, geez. he seems like he's definitely seems like, you know, he can be super, super chill. Right. Like we've seen him in the IG lives with, with, with Marlon. He's like, yeah, not, you know, not me or whatever, but, um, but yeah, no, that's essentially, but what you said about his body language, uh, John Harbaugh's body language, um, is kind of what Harbaugh said. Harbaugh was like, yeah, I understand but let's just go win this game. Cause it was at that yeah. point, 13 Over. to 27 and uh, 242 left on the clock. No, yeah. excuse me. I have a hard time with these. Yeah. 242 left on the clock. So, yeah. so Harbaugh's like, let's just go win the game. And then we'll worry about this later. It was kind of like the Harbaugh, what, me what message Harbaugh had for, for Peters. And I think, you know, Peters was like, yeah, I got you. So yeah. again, I don't like to read too, too much into it. Yeah, I mean, um, Lamar Jackson had retweeted this week um, when Peyton Manning went after, I th was it Jeff Saturday? Jeff, Sat Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. He just got named the interim head coach, head coach. Yeah. Yeah, in Indianapolis. Which, yep. based off of some tweets from the national media during the game, I mean, obviously we weren't watching it because we were watching the game. It sounds like it was quite the press conference. I might want to go watch that for purely entertainment reasons, but – Anyway, he's going after Saturday, and I mean, Peyton Manning is off the like off the chain, like he's angry. So then, other offensive linemen come up. I mean, it was it was wow. So anyway, Lamar Jackson quote retweets that, and he says, "Look, this is what happens when you've got competitors on your team." And so, listen, if if Marcus Peters is a hundred during the game. You know, I can live with a couple of these sideline, you know, you know, yeah. emotional, you know, rants or whatever. If he can, I'd prefer him to, again, put it out towards the other team and all of that. Um, but I'll live with it because he he lives at 100. And the same thing when Lamar was mad at um, frustra I, frustrated. He, he said I wasn't frustrated. He wasn't happy that the ball wasn't snapped, which, by the way, we talked about this. We talked about this in our preview about Tyler Lindenbaum. And he still has got to learn about these silent counts. 
Um, mm. So again, he's a rookie, but it's been a couple games now. So, um, so Lamar and then Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley, right. Gets in kind of Lamar's face. So, mm. and then, but it's, it's like these guys, it's exactly what Lamar says though. It's part of this game. Like do, yeah. do we do, it's so easy from our couch to be like, Hey, get it together. They are in a violent sport. They are in a violent sport. They are going a million miles per hour. And yes, a vast majority of the time, they're able to control that kind of stuff. Um, but what I like about it, in the instance of Marcus Peters saying, I got you, coach. And then also, as soon as Ronnie Stanley and Lamar were finished, Ronnie Stanley, his big old arms, it just brings everybody in. And it looked like that huddle was like symbolic of being like, all right, we said what we had to say as brothers. And now we're good. And I got you. Like, I literally have my arms around all of you. We got each other. So I hate to read too much into it for, for those reasons. Now, if it spills over and continues, then you got yourself a problem. But the occasional competitive fire, yeah, I can live with that. Spirit of competition. Yeah. I thought in the game's final seconds when the offense was hanging out there on the sideline and the game was just coming to an end, you saw Ronnie and Lamar kind of kind of smiling and talking. And then Lamar even mentioned it in his post-game interview with Lisa Salters that, you know, he kind of even said like, oh yeah, Ronnie had to kind of tell me like, you know, he got in my face. He smirked a little bit. Like he got to calm down because he, he got emotional. I hadn't seen that kind of emotion from him in a while. He's only done. He's only um, acted out like that, lashed out like that in game, you know, only a few handful of times throughout his five years in, in Baltimore. So that was definitely uncharacteristic of him. I was chatting with Femi, texting back and forth in that moment. Cause I just wanted to make sure that I had it down right with the whole silent cadence thing that you've, you've, you've talked about in, in recent weeks and Linderbaum struggles. So basically, Zeitler uses his left hand to tap the thigh of Linderbaum, and that's his signal, snap it. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, I don't know if maybe he didn't hit him hard enough. I don't know what happened there, uh, but he didn't. Obviously, it led to the delay of game penalty because he didn't snap it on time, and Lamar was fr frustrated, even though he said he wasn't in, in postgame. He, he wanted it to be snapped quicker. And so, yeah, that was just a bizarre uh, – and by the way, Sarah – Right after that, if Isaiah likely ends up bobbling that once more and, it, and it's intercepted, Ooh. the place like we would have been talking about a completely different game, potential yeah. onside kick forthcoming, like completely different change of, of events. If, and likely he's got to haul that in. I mean, it was a great touchdown pass that Lamar threw to, to him for his 100th career. We haven't talked, talked about that. Yeah. Lamar threw his 100th career passing touchdown tonight with that beautiful, like it was looked like it was going to be a QB keeper. He flushed out to the right and then just threw a great ball to Isaiah. But likely he's got to come down with that one there in, in, the, in the second half. So anyway, like you said, it's kind of a nothing burger. It's the spirit of competition. And it's kind of nice to 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 re be reminded that these guys care and that Lamar isn't just the, you know, I'm not saying he's like, you know, a robot out there, but sometimes I wonder, I'm like, damn, is does everybody just love this guy? Does anybody tell him what it, you know, what it is? Have you noticed that all the big playmakers on the opposition, week in and week out, they could hit this guy and ring his bell, right? And he stands right up and they come right up to him. And it's looking like you can't tell we're watching on the television and they're face to face. Next thing you know, Lamar taps him on the helmet. They tap him on the butt cheek and like they move for everybody loves the guy. <laughs> they do. They definitely do. Yeah. There's definitely genuine respect. You see that when they are, you know, trying to change trade jerseys with them after the game. 
you'll see it. Remember in that this when the Super Bowl Ravens came back and um, Dennis Pitta was like, all my kid talks about is Lamar Jackson. And so everybody wants to bring their kids to Lamar. Um, everybody wants to meet him. Everyone wants, wants, wants his autograph. Yes, I definitely pick up on the fact that people love him. So uh, Lamar finished 12 of 22. He, had, he was much better, much more accurate in the first half, I felt like. Um, not as accurate in the second half, but so 12 of 22, 133 yards, one touchdown pass. No interceptions. Luckily, the one from from Isaiah didn't didn't you know bounce off. And then he added eleven rushes for eighty two yards. Um, and yeah, like he said, we, he passed up um, he passed up uh, Steve Young, Steve Young in the all time rushing yards <laughs> in a career. And Steve Young played for how many years? I I, I can't I don't even know, but it was more than sixty seven games, which is what Lamar. That's how Lamar, that's how many games Lamar needed to, to pass him up. So Lamar is now number five in all-time uh, quarterback rushing. Uh, and then on top of that, by the way, he's the first player ever, did you say this already, to have a, a 4,000 rush yards but 100 passing touchdowns in a five-year yeah. span? I mean, he's one of one. He's one of one. So yeah. it's just – it's unreal. It's unreal. I'm sitting here looking at the – the stats here and looking at all these, we've already talked about all this targets. He adds in the 82 yards of, of, and he just is so good at reading when to hold on to the ball and when to, to pass it off. Like before Kenyon Drake even scored in that first touchdown, Lamar knew it. Lamar knew it when he, hand, when he handed off the ball, cause he read the defensive end perfectly. He just, he, and then when he reads it for him to hold the ball and he shoots up like a cannon, I mean, it's yeah. just, He's so good at reading those. Yeah. Well, it was even more spectacular tonight, too. Maybe more so than anything else was on a couple plays where he was flushed out of the pocket. He made Cam Jordan miss once. And even though they ended up being, you know, no, like they they weren't conversions, they, they weren't uh, productive plays. Just the fact that he was able to actually avoid, you know, chaos and and destruction when it comes to like lost yardage and stuff is just spectacular. He does it on a week by week basis, and you be, you become numb to it. But anyway, so they've now had a double digit lead, by the way, in all nine games this season. Of course, they're they're six and three. They're only the fifth team in the Super Bowl era to do that. So, man, it's they're starting to put it together. They're starting to put it together, partner. And I feel like. Right now, is this like, is this the best situation to be in? No, they could have had a, they obviously could have had a, a bigger cushion over Cincinnati entering the bye week. But knowing what we know and 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 everything's transpired the way it has, I, I feel like as as if you're a Ravens fan out there right now, you know, are you feeling confident about this team? You know, going up against, especially on the road, assuming that they're they're not going to be a top seed. That's not. There's still a lot left to be to be said about that. Are you feeling confident that you're going up against you know, the Buffaloes of the world and the Kansas Cities? And, you know, I know Tennessee lost to Kansas City on Sunday Night Football this week, but I think they're going to be in it down the stretch. Yeah, I, I think you got to feel confident about it because they're right where they need to be. And uh, And we know, by the way, that the strength of schedule or lack thereof in the second half, at least on paper, is lacking. 
So there's a lot to like about what's what's still to come. And we haven't even talked about the guys that they're hoping to get. We haven't talked much about the guys that they're hoping to get back in, in the coming weeks. David Ajabo, Marcus Williams, Mark Andrews, who knows Gus where Gus is at, JK. I mean, holy moly, do I feel good about it? Yeah, the Ravens, I've said this. I said this while they were, straight, they were struggling. The Ravens have a Super Bowl caliber roster. And now that they continue, as they continue to get healthier and as they continue to just figure themselves out, they are not just showing that their roster is Super Bowl caliber. Super Bowl caliber. They are definitely a Super Bowl contender. Now, listen, playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen. But yes, this Ravens is 100% a Super Bowl contender. And do I feel good about them against the Bills? Yeah, because they had the lead on the Bills. When the defense yeah. wasn't good, they gave up the lead, you know? And, right. and, you know, they didn't get enough credit for, for beating the Jets, who are now six and three also, three also. Uh, and just beat the Bills, you know? I mean, to have, as you just said, these double-digit leads every single game, yeah, that's a Super Bowl contender. This is tonight the 11th straight game of of, of a turnover. The defense has created a tur- turnover, or tur- defense or special teams created a turnover in 11 straight games that extends back to last season. Yeah, yeah, you feel good about this team. Can't get complacent, and I know that they won't. Uh, Lamar Jackson said after the game with ESPN, he goes, this is not time for a vacation. You know, get healthy. Yeah, yeah. Get right. I love that. Bobby, how do you feel about that? There's no time for vacation now, Bobby. It's funny, <laughs> I'm watching that interview live and I'm like, Ooh, I feel like I feel seen, you know, I feel like everybody's looking at me right now. But yeah, for those of you who maybe didn't tune in this week, I'm looking forward to being in the air in 12 hours or so for a little... <laughs> Spain getaway to to visit the younger bro studying abroad for the semester. So should be good. But yeah, I mean, he's right. They hopefully they do spend it that way. And gosh, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy and safe. We know what happened last week or last week, last year with Malik Harrison during the bye week. So cross your fingers on that. Uh, gosh, I just saw Xavier McKinney for the Giants. He was hurt in an ATV accident on their bye week. So just gosh, I feel like you know, Harbaugh and the coaching staff, you could put yourself in their shoes, right? What they have to deal with in terms of anxiety throughout the bye week, much less through through an entire offseason. Uh, we know it was a brutal offseason for the Ravens losing Jalen Ferguson. But, um, hey, as Jeff Zarebeck pointed out t- tonight on Twitter, the next three opponents for the Ravens are a combined 8-18. Eight and 18. And while anybody can beat uh, – basically, you know, anybody can beat anybody or anybody can beat everybody – Whatever. I don't know. It's like 1 a.m. Uh, you, you know that. <laughs> any given Sunday. Like <laughs> any given Sunday. You, you, you like the fact that, yeah, strength of schedule could very well bode, you know, could bode well for this team. And, and, they, and they could be like Scott Van Pelt said tonight when he was about to interview Joe Buck and Troy Aikman after the game. You know, and I didn't have a chance to watch the Manning cast tonight, unfortunately. I, I did see that hilarious viral clip. That uh, that was floating around Twitter between Peyton and Eli. It was after Lamar did one of his crazy breakaways, yeah. and Peyton was basically just like, "Yo, young quarterbacks out there, if you're watching this, don't, don't yeah. watch it because that's Lamar. Like that's Lamar Jackson. It's not normal. It's Lamar. Yeah, <laughs> like he can do it. You cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
speaking from the perspective of a guy who, I mean, how many rush yards did he accumulate throughout his career? Probably like not. Neg- I don't think he's going to be on that maybe? list. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on that list that they showed tonight. But anyway, um, it, so yeah, you, it, it's 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 all stacking up well for this team. Can they continue to stay healthy? Can they? continue to exercise their fourth quarter demons that they seem to have left behind them in the first half of this season. And, you know, can they continue to dominate time of possession, Sarah, the teams, the statistics category tonight, the three T's is what Keith Mills and Pete Gilbert. And I always talked about during the Ravens post game show. It's something that Millsy hammered into my brain. When I first started out there, if you win the three T's, you, you often win games. That's time of possession, third down efficiency and the turnover battle. And the Ravens won all three of those categories. They possessed they the football dominated for 37 minutes. They dominated 37, 40, 37 minutes, 47 seconds time of possession to New Orleans, 22-13 in terms of minutes and seconds. Third down efficiency, New Orleans was brutal tonight. Literally, that was the one of the differences for their offense. One of the differences in the game, three of 11 to, to Baltimore's nine for 15. And of course, they won the turnover battle thanks to Literally Yoda, who <laughs> Adafi Owe, Adafi Owe referred to him, and you know they have that fun little relationship, that Star Wars relationship, the whole Yoda nickname thing. Adafi said that Justin entered God mode tonight. <laughs> Wait, well, you know, if hey. if he's praying and he and he was, you know, told to to come back for another season, yeah, yeah. But listen. I just saw this tweet from from Jonah Schaefer, who um, there's only got to be a few few reporters t- from the Ravens that that went down there and, and covered it in New Orleans. I know Jeff Zrebeck is on paternity leave. Uh, so he got Roquan Smith. Uh, the reporters did. So this was not put on the pressers. Here's Roquan Smith. It's going to be it's going to be scary after I get it all down pat. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be scary. He goes, so I'm excited. I love the way Mike McDonald calls the game. So I think there's going to be so many great things in store for us. Amen. I tweeted that in the beginning. I was like, is this what a mostly healthy Ravens defense looks like? Because it looks scary. Scary. And I'm glad Roquan and I are on the same page. I like that. Yeah, he is. uh, If he wasn't already beloved in Baltimore for less than a week that he's been here, I think tonight that just might have put it over the top. And, and you know, our, our buddy Garrett Downing over at the Ravens tweeted out this statistic too on the other side of the football for Lamar, who obviously he's had just dominant primetime performances. Now, keep in mind, this statistic is a little spiked because of what he did, skewed, I should say, based on what he did that Monday night to the Rams a few years ago in his MVP season where he literally embarrassed embarrassed them on Monday night football. Remember the Jackson five? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> He's got yeah. 15 total touchdowns and zero picks in six Monday night football appearances. So he's been, uh, he's been pretty much perfect. For the Let most me part. tell you what I don't like. Let me tell you what I don't like. Um, what is this bird bird iron, whatever that, you know, the national, what are they? Do you I don't know, know what like? they're called, Bird Island, whatever. They got a quote here from Sean Payton, former oh, I saw, Saints. I saw, yeah. Oh, <laughs> when, when, when did this when did this go go out? Do you know? Was this tonight? Uh, he was on the Manning cast tonight. Sean Payton was on the Manning oh. cast. He made a joke. I think he made a joke about how he and Lamar both could 
Yeah, he goes, I have a chance to be a free agent, and he has a chance to be a free agent. It's like, get out of here, Sean. You didn't even know anything about Isaiah Likely. You didn't know anything in that in that first remember when he covered the Ravens on some preseason game? He like yes. he was he was yeah, he was not good on that. Yeah. It was the Back Fox one. Up, it was Sean just a Payton. bad preseason broadcast. That was terrible. It was remember not that? Good. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. bad. All right. It's 1 a.m. Eastern time as we get ready to put a fork in this one. Bye week. Bye week is officially here. I fly back the 19th. They play the 20th. Hey, you going to create any content this? What are you going to be doing the next 10 days? <laughs> the timing is hilarious because we've talked about this. I'm coaching three basketball teams and they yeah. all start this week. And, um, I don't know. I'll create something. I'll create something. It's not going to be easy though. This one man show over here. <laughs> it's so hard. No, I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely going to take the next weekend off, but we'll see. We'll see how much news there is. I do plan on trying to do a I'm couple morning bolts. Uh, it'll just be, you know, a narration by one person. So we'll see how it goes. And I'm sure I'll have on a couple people. I'll do a, uh, bi-week Q and a, um, so send in your questions, send in your questions to Baltimore Ravens vaults at gmail.com. Let's do some bi-week question and answers. Send that over to us, uh, Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com. Needless to and, say, uh, have some patience with us over the next yeah. week or so. We're going to be kind of taking some time to ourselves. I'm going to be in Europe across the yeah, pond. It's going to be very bit. hard for you, Bobby. Very tough, <laughs> difficult life. Very difficult life. We had a great audience uh, in, in play for tonight's post-game stream. Over 170 people joining us between Facebook and YouTube. And if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the channel. We create daily content, except for the next week or so, uh, on all things Ravens. We've been having a great time doing so. And again, if you may be caught on to this stream tonight, I don't know, halfway through, three-quarters of the way through, or you just want to kind of refresh yourself on it, Later in the week, it will be available tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Eastern across all audio-only platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Stitcher, you name it. So be on the lookout for that It'll still be here, one. too, right? Like you can replay it on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, we're getting great comments, great feedback. We read it all. We see it all. Again, BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com for the Q&A that Sarah's going to put together and knock out at some point and uh yeah please like the video if you haven't if you enjoyed tonight's uh post game stream and uh for my partner sarah ellison yo soy roberto and i am going <laughs> over the pond baby we will talk to you guys soon thanks so much ravens are six and three through nine weeks of football bye week is coming up carolina panthers week 11 we all know that's on paper you'd like to think that's a win who knows we'll see thanks again guys